Hi, I'm Sheldon Clare, President of Canada's National Firearms Association. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. What I want to talk to you about today is politics. The Conservatives have a problem. The firearms flip-flop by Aaron O'Toole during the election has seriously undermined confidence in the Conservative Party of Canada by members of the firearms-owning public. The firearms community expects that there will be action taken on the egregious problems with the terrible and excessive Firearms Act. The underlying philosophy that guns are bad and that some guns are really bad remains very much entrenched in government, the bureaucracy, and in some cases the opposition. The intense activity by the Liberals and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Firearms Program to have more firearms listed as prohibited and restricted by order and council is a strong indication of that situation. It is becoming clear that there are significant divisions in the Conservatives regarding firearms law. It is not a consistent approach to support additional policing resources and more punitive laws for firearms-related crime, while at the same time advocating for improved individual rights and freedoms and fiscal responsibility. Many of us have thought that since we aren't criminals, then it's okay to support anti-crime agendas. However, when one realizes the sweeping nature of the laws that remain as part of the Criminal Code's Firearms Act, enhanced police powers look rather disconcerting. For an obvious example, it is clear that most firearm owners do not consider having an expired possession and acquisition license to be grounds for criminal charges and permanent loss of uh, firearms, including prohibited ones. But that is what may happen under our law, amnesties notwithstanding. Ever since 1995, when the Liberals made it a crime under the Firearms Act to possess firearms in Canada without a license, many of what most would regard as otherwise administrative offences became criminal code offences with jail time attached. Kim Campbell's Bill C-17 was also extremely damaging and likewise deserves to be repealed. The guiding principle of firearms law reform must be that the peaceful possession of arms should not be a crime. Sometimes preventing gun violence, as it's so called, is used as an argument for more gun bans. And on the face of it, who isn't against violence? Well, as I once wrote to a researcher at Ryerson regarding a proposal for firearms-related violence research, most firearm owners would be in favor of armed self-defense as both a reasonable and responsible reaction to criminal threats. It is important to understand that defensive use of firearms could include violence, and most people who understand defensive use of arms would thus be completely in favor of using violence to stop violence or threats of it when such a response is reasonable and necessary. After all, when someone encounters a, a violent behavior or with firearms or a criminal, a bad person with a firearm, one's natural reaction is to protect oneself with another firearm or to get someone who will perform that service. Often, anti-firearm research papers appear to presume the conclusion that violence is bad when, in effect, it is frequently both an effective and necessary response to defend life and property. Self-defense is about making a choice about who gets hurt, the attacker or that person's potential victim or victims. Anti-violence research are usually firmly opposed to the defensive use of firearms. Typically, they advocate for increased control on civil access to firearms and for restrictions and outright prohibitions on various types of firearms as policy prescriptions to reduce gun violence while often ignoring violence generally. The work of Gary Mauser, PhD, John Lott, PhD, clearly demonstrates 
that having more guns in the hands of the civilian population provides a net benefit in crime reduction and criminal violence reduction. The writings of Dr. Kaylin Langman, PhD MD, likewise confirm that the gun control laws have been of no effect in curbing violent criminal activity. References to so-called gun violence tend to prejudge the conclusion as if the tool was somehow the origin or cause of a problem, when in fact the use of firearms for defensive purposes may sometimes require violent means to achieve positive ends. The real problem is not gun violence, but criminal violence perpetuated by those seeking to prey on members of society. Often people who use anti-gun language are confusing criminal activity with the presence of firearms. The firearms are merely tools and do not have any exclusive claim to being the tools of the violent. Ill-intentioned people use many sorts of weapons, including their bare hands, automobiles, and sharp things. Criminal violence has many tools. Law itself is no deterrent to criminal activity in an environment in which the perceived rewards of crime outweigh the chances of being caught and punished. People who have chosen to engage in criminal violence do not care about which laws they're breaking when those laws are secondary to their objectives. After all, the activity that they're undertaking is already against the law. The problem for the Conservatives is clear. How to maintain the support of the firearms community in the absence of any significant commitment to firearms law reform, while at the same time appearing to address misleading perceptions and problems about criminal violence and gang activity. The firearms community is not willing to surrender more freedoms for false promises of possible public safety, and in fact wants their freedoms restored. That's the message. It will be interesting to see how the Conservatives address their internal contradictions as they work through their situation post-election and seek to position themselves to fight the next election and defeat the Liberals. I'm Sheldon Clare, President of Canada's National Firearms Association. I hope you'll join and support us today at nfa.ca. Thank you for listening.